Oh yes, it's coming in three, two, one. On the air with FGT TV, the premier West Ham and Arsenal football podcast, brought to you every Monday by Michael Hawes and Ian Vargas. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of On The Air with FDTV. My name is Ian and as always I am joined by... I'm Bob. I'm Mike. By Bob. Good start, we don't even know your name. Um, so, uh, this week in football, Mike, well, mm. there's, a, there's a few things gone on. Uh, I think the, the most poignant is, uh, is this the end of Chelsea? Quite possibly. We've Quite seen possibly. We've seen sanctions go on our Mr. Abramovich, who mm-hmm. um, obviously a brief history bought the club in what two thousand four, um, ish around then. Before that, a lot of Chelsea fans will remember the fact of they had no money, uh, and now they're back to that point because as of Friday, when I was reading an article, they had seventeen days' worth of money left to be able to run the club. So Peter Cech has come out and made a statement saying. It's not him having the talks, but f- from his his role, he knows they had 17 days' worth of money left and they're constantly in touch with the government every day to try and get a different licence or amend it so they can pay people because uh, it's not just that that's affected. Uh, but, yeah, they're not allowed, he's not allowed to, to sell the club. He's allowed to sell the club with special dispensation uh, and if he doesn't make any profit from it. And he also, they've also frozen all the, the club's finances and stuff. So big players are going to go out of contract um, because they can't renew them. Um, Nike have pulled out of a £900 million kit sponsorship. Free have pulled out of a, a sponsorship. Uh, a funny thing is they had, they had to, uh, on Trustpilot and things like that, Free got their, their accounts frozen. Because within 24 hours, they had they had 26,000 one-star reviews or zero-star reviews. Um, and it's just totaled their company. So, uh, yeah. Fan power, yes. as they say. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, it's, it's such a difficult position. I mean, I understand what the government are, are doing in terms of all the sanctions and stuff that they're putting on the the oligarchs and stuff like that but this um this seems to be like a crazy situation so just to obviously clarify the chelsea aren't allowed to make oh they're not allowed to sell any merch uh the only people that can go to the the games are current season ticket holders um it's it's absolutely mental it's, when i was reading about it i was like jesus christ like is is this going to be the end of chelsea because unless someone comes along and buys them, but I th- I think the thing that is is frustrating is being told one minute you're allowed to sell the club, and then obviously these sanctions get put on, and you're like, nope, you're not allowed to sell the club, or you're allowed to sell the club, but as you mentioned, with um, certain dispensations for it. Um, I th- and I think one of those is that he has to sell the club, but is not allowed to make a profit on um, on the assets and stuff like that. And I think I think. The best thing for Chelsea um, would be to try and get a deal for this done as quickly as possible because it's even got to the point, was it on Saturday, that they didn't even have any money to, to put fuel in their bus or something stupid like that. Um, I could just imagine having a bit of a whip round between all the players and say, oh, go and stick a tenner in. It's like <laughs> the price so of fuel at the minute as well. <laughs> yeah, as well, yeah, isn't it? I'm struggling to get some. Um 
But yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, I I hope for the sake of Chelsea. I mean, obviously, we are predominantly West Ham and, and Arsenal fans on here, but I think we're football fans in general. Um, and I hope they do get their their shit sorted out as quickly as possible because they are, let's be honest, one of the top clubs in England. Mm. And um, it, it'd be a shame if it was something like this that ended up putting Chelsea out of business. Well, I was going to say, it'd be, it'd be a shame, wouldn't it, if the eighth biggest club in London was went under. I mean... <laughs> Only Josh. Well, not, so, not, not as big as he, uh, West Ham, I don't know. No, because no, we're massive, mate. Um, so here's <laughs> the thing, right? And this is this was an interesting point for me. I was reading about. He had a. He put the originally before the sanctions came in. He put the club up for sale for three billion quid. He was going to take his hundred and forty million that he bought the club for. Um, and then he was going to set up a charitable foundation to support those who have been displaced from Ukraine because of invasion, which I think is a really nice thing to do because he didn't have to do that. Um, so the Saudis came in, from what I've read, I say I can't corroborate if this is 100% true, with £3.5 billion worth of stuff, so £500 million over what he's asked for. And he said, no, because of the human rights things, they're trying to sanction me. It will only be a matter of time because they do that, and I don't want to do that to Chelsea fans. So he could have just gone, I'll take three and a half, three and a half billion, and walk away straight away. Um, hmm. So um, I think they're lucky that he, and it's it's weird to say loves the club, but but has a an affiliation with the club and he enjoys it. He, he hasn't done it through the fact of trying to make money out of it. He does it because hmm. he wanted to own a football club and win things with a football club and I think it, they're quite lucky in that in that sense um, on the other hand Newcastle fans had a great bit of banter with it singing Mike Ashley's coming for you <laughs> which which, if, if I'm honest I imagine he'll probably throw his, his, his uh, hand in the hat if it goes to the point where they're like oh yeah we can't run anymore um, but yeah so if if it does go very wrong for Chelsea, and we hope there's some some the government has some common sense with it because it's it's essentially going to affect people's lives at the end of the day and, and a fair few people's mm-hmm. lives. Um, hopefully, there there is some amicable resolution, and we see them continue to play. I mean, it means that that potentially mm-hmm. we will definitely finish in a European spot. But hey ho, um, yeah. Actually, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so so if 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 day seventeen comes and they have no money in their account, then that means they are automatically not docked nine points, which will be. Oh, it. And I, th- I think oh, yeah, that will put them that will put them in the battle for sixth. If I'm honest, I don't know if that's a hundred percent right, but but yeah, so about that. Um, so moving on to a former Chelsea manager, um, Frank Lampard. He's taken over from Rafa Benitez mm-hmm. at Everton. We had a discussion about who's the better manager, Lampard or Gerrard. And at the minute, it has to be Gerrard because Lampard is it's all going a bit peaked on. Um, now, I don't think you can directly attribute all of that to him. I think the squad was missing a few key players. I think the morale of the squad was quite low. Um, but do you think they're going to get relegated, Mike? Do you know what? A couple of weeks ago, um, when he was appointed, I was like, no, not not a chance in hell. But they just can't seem to get a result together at the moment. 
Um, and um, I, again, just to, to kind of touch on something you just said, is that the, the morale must be so low in there at the moment. And obviously, when you keep losing games, it's only going to be affected by that more. Um, obviously, you saw the the upturn in form that Newcastle have had um, once they'd made a few uh, a few replacements within us, or sorry, a few additions within their squad, and you can see what effect that's having on them, um, given the string of the re- results that they've had recently. And to be honest, all it's going to take is one one win, um, I think, to kind of jumpstart Everton's season again. Yeah, um, but. The way it's going at the moment, it does look like oh, it's looking increasingly likely that they will be relegated. Yeah, it's it's mental given how long um, they have been in the Premier League for. It's oh, sorry, the top division, shall I say? Um, it's 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 mental. It is absolutely mental. And uh, we've said it before. I'll say it again. We've got kind of a little uh, special affiliation for for Everton Football Club, having been on a stadium tour with our good friend Philip Bannum. Um, the Liverpool fan, which we sent around in um, in an Everton shirt at the stadium. If you want to go check out, go check out our previous videos. Phil's punishment uh, from our challenge a, year, a couple of years ago now. Yeah, I can't believe where that bloody time's gone. Um, but yeah, it's um, it would be a shame because I do like Everton. Um, I do like their values, and um, it's a it's a great stadium, and I think it'll be one that will be missed. But it's crazy when you look at the performance that they had against us you could see that they were up for it um they beat us a couple of weeks ago and they just again it's just all gone downhill a bit since then um yeah I'm, again it's another club i do like and i hope they do manage to sort something out but frank lampard's got credentials in the uh, in the championship i know um obviously he didn't didn't get to the, um through the playoffs or whatever but um, you never know. So here's it's the thing. I think Everton are currently in the middle of building their new stadium as well, aren't they? So it's going to be a huge, mm-hmm. a huge old thing. Um, the the thing that's going for them at the minute is they do have three games in hand over every club around them. Mm-hmm. So I think they're sixth and seventeenth on twenty two points at the minute. If they win all those games, they go up to level on points with Newcastle. Um, in 14th, we'll actually probably go above them because they've got a better goal difference. Or they will have if it's 3-1-0 wins. Um, so that there is there is hope for them. It's not all over yet. And obviously there's still... Well, they've, they've got over 10 games to play where others have only got nine. Um, mm-hmm. So, so getting on, on that running it, it is still there for them to... <laughs> their fate is in their own hands, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, so that would, would be interesting to see if they can make something of it. Um, now we are going to touch on a little bit. Yarmolenko, Ukrainian player in the Premier League, scores a goal, waves his hands about, has a little, little bit of a cry. Um, I think he's made his, his feelings known about the war. Um, and obviously he's playing to try and bring awareness, well, I think everyone's aware, but bring more awareness to the plight of the Ukrainian people. So, although it was quite nice to see him score for West Ham, actually, it was quite a little heart-touching moment, I think, to to see his little celebration. So, Hmm. which was good. Um, Two other things. Harry Maguire. Not so long ago, he was being petitioned to be put on a £20 note or the £50 note. Um, 
boy has he had a fall from grace with now Manchester <laughs> United fans calling for his head. Um, uh, there's been statements saying that the, 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 the players at the club don't trust him. He's the club captain. And the players don't want him on the pitch because they think he's a liability. So do you think it was part of the overachievement and that sort of feel-good feeling of of that World Cup run that, that, that put him in a position that now he's well out of his depth? Or do you think maybe he's a good player that's surrounded by a drivel and the whole team needs to be got rid of? <laughs> um, maybe a bit of from column A and column B. Um Manchester United, they've they've had an up and down season. I mean, you, you only got to look at them against Spurs. I think ultimately, I mean, don't get me don't get me wrong. Goals are fantastic, and it's good to see Ronaldo scoring again. Excuse me, I just put my uh, my microphone on mute there. Um, but I do think on the balance of play, I think Spurs were the better team throughout the the entire ninety minutes. Um, but again, they'll have a good game and they'll have a bad game. And we're seeing a lot of that, um, certainly with teams in the uh, the top six. But I think the problem with Manchester United is, is I think that all the players are aware that they've got this interim manager. Um, and they've got a lot of big names within the, uh, the squad. Now, it may be uh, something which the, the dressing room is struggling to, to manage all the egos within um, within the team um but i mean I, I wouldn't say he's i wouldn't say he's a terrible defender i'd say he's abysmal um, no uh, no he's, he's he's definitely he's definitely a good defender but it just seems to be um it was it was after the the incident i think it was during the summer in when he got arrested in greece um, I think that's where all the problems have, have started to happen. Um, and obviously he come out and overly celebrated, I think, during an England qualifier um, or an England friendly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, he's, I, I just, I think he's having a bit of a bad run at the moment. And all players go through it, let's be honest. Um, I, I just think Manchester United are... And dare I say, it, an average team at the moment. Yeah, no, I don't think you'd be wrong for saying that. Um, I think the, the the game against Tottenham was a, was essentially a bad team against a team of bottlers, and who was 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 they not going to bottle it, or was Spurs not going to bottle it, or were Manchester United going to be really bad? And Spurs bottled it more than Manchester United were bad. So, <laughs> unfortunately, that's the sort of game you want two losers out of, but you can't have it. Um, <laughs> do you think maybe he's trying to do too much? When you watch him play, he he's always trying to dribble on the ball on these these fancy little sideways passes. Do you think maybe you should go back to his roots of being slabbed? Get your head on it, put it in Rose head, big tackle, just basic defending. Like you've got you've got Raphael Varane next year, who's been phenomenal for years. Do you think let him do the fancy things? You just yeah, you yeah. just. Clear your lines and and do what you need to do. Do you know what I mean? It's it yeah, seems yeah. to me maybe he's gone. Oh, I'm playing at Manchester United. I've got to do all this fancy stuff. And he's like, well, no, do what do what got you to the show. Do you know what I mean? I think I think you are definitely right there, and I think there's a lot of that. But I think where um, where we're seeing the modern game at the moment is going is that you do need to have these players that are comfortable 
um, on the football to to be able to play it out from the back and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. it's something that I've, I've noticed certainly from us uh, just recently. Um, I mean, we had a bit of a, a dodgy patch um, a couple of months ago and it was the silly mistakes where you do try and faff around with it. You end up giving the ball away and, and conceding stupid goals. Um, but I'd say certainly over recent weeks, um, we are seeing a lot more of a fucking have that sort of thing, just get rid of the ball. Um, and I, th- I think one of the, one of the differences between that is that we're not playing a lot of passes out into the center backs. Yep. Cause I think where you've got the striker, um, where he's always kind of in or around the center backs. I know you can obviously have people pushing on and dropping off or making options, but at the same time, if you play it out out to the wings, it then eliminates that need. And I think we've been a lot more successful recently by playing out to the wing backs or the um, the full backs. Yeah. Um, but again, I think there's too much emphasis on being able to play out from the back. Um, so just if you are in that position, obviously try and look for the easy pass, but don't faff yeah. around with it. Just get rid of it. I, I think there's a lot to be said for not not overplaying the ball i think you've got to have a you've got to have two ways of playing and you've got to be able to judge judge that situation right and not go oh i'm mm-hmm. going to stick to the philosophy regardless of what's going on um but that i think takes us quite nicely mike into uh arsenal we've touched on it there how did you get on this week brilliant result i've got to be honest i was a little bit worried coming into this game um, just because Leicester have had um, a, a really good run of form uh, recently. Um, oh, sorry, a, a good run of form recently, shall I say. Um, and it always seems to be a game. If I've, I've got to be honest, if Jamie Vardy was um, was fit, he probably would have um, done what he does best. I think he scored 11 goals in 14 games against us. And no doubt it would have been another one had he been on the pitch. So I think that was kind of a, a bit of a blessing in disguise. Um, however, they did suffer um, a little bit uh, defensively uh, with the pace of Martinelli, Saka, and dare I say it, Lacazette as well. Lacazette definitely seemed up for it. Um, but yeah, we come away 2 new winners. Uh, Thomas Partey scored a, a glorious header. Poor defending. Um, it was a, oh, just off the front post and basically headed it behind him to score a goal, which is brilliant. Uh, the second one was a Lacazette penalty. Uh, just talking about the, the penalty incident very quickly. It took uh, a couple of minutes, obviously, for the uh, the referee to decide it was a penalty. And I, that is one of those times where I do have to say that I'm glad VAR was there because they had to look at it, I'd say, from about six different angles. And it was only really evident on one angle behind the goal where you can see Sancho his hand towards the ball. And it's only then you can see the slight deflection from his hand. Um, so <clears throat> I'm glad it was there on that occasion. <laughs> I'd say there was possibly a couple of other decisions, which I'm surprised didn't go to VAR, but that, that being said, coming away two nil winners, I'm, I'm really happy with that number three points and back up into fourth. Yeah. So, so we've, we've obviously, you're saying going back into fourth, you're now, if you win your two games in hand, potentially two two points behind Chelsea, um, obviously you've got a worse goal difference. Do you potentially think you could 
you could creep up that table a little bit further than maybe what you would have originally thought at the beginning of the season. Do you think you maybe might nip a nip a third or even put a, put a late challenge in for the for a second? No, um, Liverpool, Man City are definitely going going to run away with it. They are uh, the two teams I think which are going to battle it out towards the end of the season. Uh, Chelsea, one of those games in hand we've got is it Chelsea, and the other game in hand is. Uh, excuse me, that we've got against Liverpool, which is coming on Wednesday. But don't also forget, we've got the game against Spurs as well. Um, So that's three games in hand we've got at the moment. Um, I don't fancy our chances against Liverpool. I'll come on to that in in a bit. Chelsea, I think, again, they're a, a brilliant squad. But do I think we've got enough to beat them? Possibly not. Um... So that's that's six points there. Tottenham, with the season that they've been having, we've all, already beaten them uh, once uh, at the start of the season. But you just don't know what Spurs is going to turn up uh, when we play them again. So um, I, I, I still say we are battling for fourth. Um, if we can get third, then I think that's an absolutely outstanding season. But I would settle on fourth. But effectively, just being back in Europe, I think, would be sufficient enough it's progress for us this season yeah yeah absolutely but i'd much rather obviously be in the champions league we'll definitely uh be able to see the team or you can see it um i I think i've said this a couple of times already that you can see that we've got an identity now which is absolutely brilliant it's taken a while to get there it's taken a lot of dead wood to get out of the club um for us to get there and i still think there's um room for improvement in some positions but also uh we do need to recruit as well um, but yeah, I think third is slightly ambitious. Four is fourth is more realistic. Um, but again, I think I'd settle for just being back in Europe. Fair enough. And that moves us quite nicely on to West Ham, who uh, we'll touch on midweek. We we went to Seville. We lost one nil uh, for the most uh, prestigious team, I suppose, in in the Europe Europa League. Not a bad result. Um, and then we come to the London Stadium midweek this week to try and get something out of it. Um, before the Aston Villa game, I was like, I was pretty confident that actually, even with Jared Bowen out, we can get something out of that game. With we overturn that, the, the big crowd there wanting to win. It's a difficult place to go when everyone's singing from the same song sheet. Uh, but then we played Aston Villa, and we played very well. Ben Rama started two assists. Um, so Yarmolenko scored with his celebration. Then Fornells did. And then right at the end, Jacob Ramsey did score a good goal. But it was down to West Ham turning off again. Right at the last minute, which I think could be our downfall. The The only thing I would say is Antonio went off injured. Cresswell went off injured. So Ryan Fredericks finished the game at right back. Sorry, excuse me. So now we're out without, definitely without Jared Bowen. We're definitely without Ogbonner. Potentially without Antonio and potentially without Aaron Cresswell, it leaves a very thin squad even thinner. And having to play the midweek game, which is important, to then move on to Tottenham. This could be the downfall of David Moyes, I think. And, and when we discussed it briefly before the podcast about the lack of transfers and, and, and that, that being the thing that turns the fans against him. Um, if we'd strengthened, if we'd bought a striker, even a backup striker, and a, a centre-back or a left-back. Because, say, Craig Dawson's playing through injury 
with injections every game. He has been all season, apparently. Um, so, with that being said, we should have brought in somebody. Even if it was like, okay, this is a short-term deal. We're going to offer you two years because you're not in our long-term plans, but we need immediate cover. But it's not happened, and... I can see the end of the season going quite wrong for us because although we're in sixth now, it's still very, very tight. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dog has just got into the bin. Um, <laughs> nightmare. Back off, dog. <laughs> we I was in bed this morning and we were rustling about in his cage and all of a sudden... He got up the stairs. He found a little hole again and forced himself out of the tiniest little hole and then jumped on the bed. So, yeah. Oh, he just wants to see his daddy. Mm. Bless him. Nightmare. <coughs> Nightmare. But, yeah, so... Uh, I don't think there's anything else to say about West Ham, really. Um, so that moves us quite nicely on to our predictions. We make a prediction every week about generally Arsenal-West Ham games and other big games if they are about, and, and some other sporting events, if we remember. Uh, but, Mike, what were our <laughs> predictions for last week? Okay, so um, we just touched on the uh, the two games there, so West Ham versus Aston Villa and then Arsenal versus Leicester. Um, you predicted for a 3-0 win to Villa. I predicted 3-1 to Villa. Obviously, you come away 2-1 uh, winners for that game, so no points for either of us. Just to clarify, um, you get a point for the correct result, three points for the correct score. Uh, so obviously no points for either of us there. Um, Arsenal Leicester, you had two one. Uh, I had two two. Like I said, I was a bit apprehensive going into this game. It was obviously two 0 to Arsenal, so you get a point and I get nothing. Um, Come so on, that is one point to you and zero points to me for the week. So that moves you for the season, 39 points to you and 32 points for me. So you have really opened that seven-point gap, which I'm, I've got to admit, I'm starting to uh, starting to get a tear in my eye for the thought of losing the coveted FIFA Day Trophy um, predictions just for the uh, the people to uh, to see if you're on the, watching us on YouTube. That is the trophy we are playing for. Um, I'm currently the two-time champion, undefeated, but it looks as if it's going to be going to uh, to you this this year, which will be the only silver silverware that West Ham will win. Um, Mate, we're but... still in Europa League. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're going on. <laughs> so going on to uh, this week's predictions. Yeah. Um, obviously, we mentioned earlier uh, Arsenal are at home to Liverpool on Wednesday. Um, we then play Aston Villa on Saturday, yep. and you mentioned you've got the the midweek game against Seville, but we mainly we, yeah, focus on the, not, uh, the, the Premier League games. Just uh, before so, we start, then, you. do you know what I would love? If we won the Europa League and you finished fourth, said you couldn't play the Champions League because we're in there. I, I, I would be. I. I, <laughs> I think I'd be more unbearable than most Liverpool fans after they beat you one nil. <laughs> Um, yeah, got to get through Thursday first, though, mate. We'll, well, we'll, yeah. we'll talk again next week. We'll talk again next week. <laughs> or maybe not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so going on to the Arsenal-Liverpool game. Uh, so I've got to be honest. Um, as I just mentioned, I'm the, I don't fancy our chances in this one. I've said it before. No doubt we'll say it again before the, the end of the season. I think it's going to be uh, a, a title race between Liverpool and Manchester City. 
Um, if we come away with a point, I'll be happy. Um, but let's be honest, Liverpool and Manchester City are on a different level than the rest of the league. Um, whilst we have made improvements uh, within recent weeks, I still think we are a long way off for even uh, competing for the title. But again, I'd, I'd love to see us back in Europe. Uh, next year or back in the Champions League, I think would be everyone's favourite. Um, but with Liverpool's quality, I think we are going to get stuffed 3-1 on this one. Um, ah, see, that, that I, I get where you're coming from with that, but Liverpool, they, they've not been the best in recent weeks. Uh, they've, they, they beat Brighton 2-0 at the weekend, but Brighton have sort of fallen off a cliff in terms of form. Um, Luis Diaz looks like a tidy sign-in, doesn't he, for them? He's scored the last mm. few weeks. I do think they may have too much for you, but I don't think it's going to be that that big of a thing. Uh, I, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-0. Huh? I think it will be a close game, and I think it will be a dirty Salah dive for the second one, so you get a penalty. <laughs> But but yeah, two nil for me to Liverpool. I reckon we'll get a red card as well, depending on who's refereeing it. I reckon we'll get a red card. Um, so the next game, as I said, it is Saturday, twelve uh, thirty. I think it is uh, Aston Villa versus Arsenal. Uh, so Aston Villa currently in ninth, um, had a bit of an average run of form recently, three wins and three losses in the last six Premier League games. Um, but obviously, we go back to the start of the podcast. You said about Gerard or Lampard being the better manager um, and they have played okay uh, since they have been under Steven Gerrard. Uh, so it could be a tough one, um, but we are in a good run of form at the moment. Uh, we've won six, uh, five, out, five out of our last six games. Um, and we've, I, I think we've kept 12 clean sheets already this season. Um so I do kind of put a slight favourites going into this game, but again, it's playing away and uh, notoriously we have a bit of a poor form uh, away from home, but I'm going to edge us slightly on this one. I'm going to go for 2-1. Okay, fair enough. I think Villa were good against us. What I did notice is when Jack Grealish was there, they were he, he was known for jumping on the floor a lot. They did it a lot against us. Um, and they played played some decent football, and if they'd stayed on their feet rather than trying to win free kicks and penalties, I think they probably would have nicked us. Um, I'm going to go one all on this one. Okay. I think you might get a goal, but but I think the midweek fixture as well is uh, going to gonna start taking a toll. Okay, so that leads us on to the final game of the weekend, Tottenham versus West Ham. Yep. I'm going to let you lead this one. So... West Ham have got a midweek fixture. As I said, we've got a lot of injuries. We've got to go for it on on, on Wednesday. Um, I don't think you can play a half team. You've got to put your, the strongest team out that you have. And for that reason, I'm going to say... I don't know. Cause Jared Bowen's definitely out. And I don't know about Antonio and, and Cresswell. If they miss Wednesday, they might make Sunday. But... Um, Tottenham played well against Manchester United, didn't they? Just, I'm I'm gonna go for a Tottenham win here. Oh, 
this is difficult. If we lose on Wednesday, I think Tottenham will think it's easy and we'll beat them. If we win on Wednesday, Tottenham will win on Sunday. I'm going to go Tottenham 2-0. I don't, 2-0. I don't like saying that, but but I think we've got to put all our eggs in on the Wednesday game and just this one is what it is. If we can nick a draw, fantastic, but you've, Wednesday's a must-win. See, I'm I'm going kind of on that philosophy <clears throat> that if you lose in the Europa League, I think you'll beat them. Uh, because again, just going back to to Tottenham, you just don't know what kind of season they're going to have. They're going to be hurting after that game against Manchester United mm. because they managed to claw their way back into the game. And I know it was a an own goal for the equaliser, but. Um, <clears throat> I think with the the problem with with Spurs is that they've been so inconsistent. Uh, when you look at when Conte come in, they looked like they were going to be a difficult team to break down. But I think after their first loss under Conte, it seems to have kind of gone a bit higgledy piggledy. Um, <clears throat> obviously, putting a, a brilliant performance against Manchester City, and then go and lose to Middlesbrough and uh, Leicester. I think was the the other game, um, and then. I I just go back to what I said earlier. You just don't know what what Tottenham's going to turn up, and I know they've got the home advantage, so you'd like to think the fans will get on top of them yep. um, if things start going West Ham's way. But <clears throat> I think with you being out of the the Europa League, I think this is going to be the one where um, where Spurs slip up again, and we not we all know full goes out of the uh, out of the window. Yep. Um, but I'm going to go for for two one to West Ham on this one. Yeah, fair enough. I, I'd I'd take it if you go if you, if you said it is a guaranteed now I'd take it. But yeah, with injuries, midweek game, you have to say on paper they should win. On paper. On paper. But that is our <laughs> predictions. Let let us know what your predictions are in the uh, comment section over on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe while you're over there. Um, Mike, have you got anything else football-wise for this week? Um, I just want to give a, a quick shout-out to Ronaldo, Ronaldo actually, because um, I know he's had a a bit of an up and a down a season. <clears throat> but to be his age, still competing at the top level of football and to score a hat-trick, um, there's, there's something different class about that guy. Mm. Absolutely. And I've, do you know what? There's, there's always... They've always... Uh, I'll try that again. There's always been the debate between who's better, Ronaldo or Messi. I think, I think I'm going to have to give it to Ronaldo. Oh, he's hands down. Yeah. He's absolutely different class, that player. Um, His desire to, to win um, is, is unquestionable. Um, His physique is unquestionable. Um, Just an all round amazing player. And I think I finally made my decision it's always been a, 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 a tough one, but I, I think the Ronaldo is definitely the better player for me. It's, it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a mentality thing, isn't it? Hmm. So here's, here's a quick one then. Uh, he's played 24 Premier League games, whether that's coming on as a sub or just being on the pitch from the start. How many goals has he got this season? Um... Probably 10 or 11. He's got 12 goals, a goal every other game and three assists. In the Champions League, he's played six games 
How many goals has he got? Four. Six. Goal a game in the Champions League. Oh, 18 in 32. Good. That's a mad record, isn't it? Again, I've, I've, there's no question in the man's he's in greatness. He's 37. Hmm. It's older than me. 37. That's mad that he's 37 and he he would still run rings around majority. Well, so he he does. I say he would. He he does still run rings around a majority (laughs) of of decent players. Um, Mm. So I do have another question just to finish on. Which club joined the 1,000 wins club? There's 14 of them now, but one of them joined them at the weekend. Who was it? And this is all in the English Football League, by the way. What team has now got a thousand wins? No idea. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Oh, okay. Joined the Thousand Wings Club. So interesting, I thought. Fourteenth team to do it. Bolton are in it above them, which made me laugh, but Bolton have been around for ages, haven't they? So um (laughs) I've got a question I want to ask you, but this is gonna be one to think about. And I actually want to put it out as well to the listeners. It's a question I asked Dan yesterday. Who would you rather have within your team? Martin Odegaard now or Prime Mesut Ozil? Oh. I'm talk- when I say Prime Mesut Ozil, I don't mean Real Madrid Mesut Ozil. I mean... When he was, at his, when he was at his best in, in, in Arsenal. Okay. Um... I, I, I'll go, I'll give you my initial and maybe we'll retouch after I've done a bit of research because I like, I like a few stats, but but maybe we'll retouch on it next week. So my initial uh, thing would be Martin Odegaard now. Um, the reason I say that is he's 22 and when you listen to what he says in his interviews, he's always hungry to improve and get better and he wants to score more goals and get more assists and and I think his his work rate is better than Ozil's. And I, I love I, exactly what I said. I love a work rate. Oz, there's no doubt in Ozil was amazing and could pick out a pass from anywhere on the pitch in any situation. But when it comes to if he had to track back, not always there. If he had to make a sprint to get forward, he would sometimes, but not all the time. So, so for me, the work rate. But, but, but let me do some research. Maybe we'll talk about it in a bit more detail next week. Absolutely, I'm up for it. Very good. Right. So until next week, I've been Ian. I've been Mike. Uh, make sure you're subscribed, and we will see you very, very soon. Thanks very much.